We uh, began in Romans 8 uh, before our Advent season, and uh, we uh, have slowed down uh, when we got to Romans 8. We're working our way through the, the uh, wonderful book of Romans, but uh, uh, have kind of come through this at a, a little bit of a slower pace. So just a reminder in terms of what Romans 8 is about, and that is it is about the Holy Spirit. If you haven't gotten the theme of today yet, uh, I hope that you see um, and think about words that we have sung and spoken today. But in, in Romans 8, of course, it starts out, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he tells us uh, in verse 2, we're liberated from sin and death. In verse 4, the Holy Spirit gives us strength to do God's will. Verse 6, the Holy Spirit imparts life and peace. Verse 11, He dwells in us. 13, He enables us to put to death the deeds of the body. And verse 16 convinces us we belong to the Father. Now, last week, we, uh, and I'm going to read that passage again, but we, we talked about uh, suffering. Now, this, this week, uh, Jamona, who's on our administrative staff, said, uh, uh, and she doesn't attend this church, she attends another church, and she said, I've, I've got to listen to your sermon. I said, why? And she said, well, because I'm getting a lot of requests for CDs from it. And I said, oh, well, well good. Well, uh, let me tell you, it's, it's not because it was such an amazing sermon. Although, <laughs> no, I know very well, and I told her immediately why she was getting requests. It's because we talked about suffering. And that's always the case when we come to a portion of God's Word that talks about suffering. Because at any one moment in our congregation, there are a number of people who are suffering in one way or another. Or they are close to someone who is, and that's why they might want to get a a CD and have them listen to uh, the perspective from God's Word about suffering. And so, in, in our passage this week, it is really a continuance of that, but I want to go back and read the passage from last week, and then uh, uh, we're going to be focusing on verse 26 and 27. So let's give our attention uh, to the Word of God here. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage 
to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, but one but, uh, for who hopes uh, for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't, do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the the songs, the hymns that we have sung so far today that, that flesh out the the beauty of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that as we look at this very ever so brief portion of Scripture, that we will be helped and that your Spirit will be our helper. Because, Lord, there are many here today most here today, if they're honest, who feel our weakness. And so, Lord, will you show yourself to be our helper in this, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about... Uh, uh, prayer, because that's what he is focusing on and some of the problems of, uh, of prayer during difficult times. But let's go back and be reminded, because as I said, this is about the, the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's be reminded of, of what Jesus says about that. We've been reminded of what Paul said here earlier in this passage But in John 16, Jesus talks about when he will go away. Now what he means by that is that he's been with them. He's going to die. Then he'll be resurrected. Then he will walk the earth again for a brief time. But then he will ascend into heaven And he won't be walking with them as he did before. And so you can imagine their grief. They're upset. 
at that. And so he promised elsewhere in John the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he says, this is, this is how it's going to work in John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So here they're concerned, rightfully so, because the one that, that was with them that they knew as, as their only hope was going away, he, you're our helper. And he said, well, but the, the Father's going to give you another helper, and this one won't go away. And of course, the reason that one won't go away is because he dwells within his people. And so, unlike Jesus when he was incarnate, when he was in the flesh, who uh, was only in one place at a time, if you weren't in the room with him or, or in the field with him or on the road with him, you weren't with him. And so, that's why he says, this one will be better. Because this one will never leave you. And you will always be with him and he with you. So as we uh, think about this, that word helper uh, back in John is from the Greek. Now there's a, a word in here as well. But in, in the, uh, the Greek word means one who comes alongside of. That's the word that he uses over there in John. So the Holy Spirit is that one who comes alongside. We know that he dwells within, but, but that's how we can understand him, that he, he's always there in order to help. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring comfort to us when we're suffering. And that's the passage we've just been through. But here's the thing. He says... Here's how I'm going to be your helper. I'm going to be your helper in prayer. Now, there are some who are suffering that would say, that's all well and good, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. But I'd rather you just take the suffering away. That will solve that. Take this pain away from me. And yet, if it's true, and it is, that the Father always does what's best for His children, here, He's saying, here's what's best for you. I'm going to send you one that is actually going to help you with your prayer. One of the comforts of the comforter is going to be helping you with your prayer. Now, let me clarify in terms of hindrances for prayer. We aren't just hindered uh, from praying when we are in the middle of suffering. Those aren't the only times that for many believers, we're being real honest here, 
That's not the only time it's difficult to pray. Many find it usually difficult to pray. And there are a number of hindrances. And Paul is saying here, for you who find it difficult to pray in suffering or even if you're not suffering, here's the hope. And so in Romans 8.26, he says this, Likewise, the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know uh, what to pray for as we ought. Now, here's the word help again. I, I told you about the, you know, the one translated helper over in John, the, the, the one that uh, uh, comes alongside of. Here's that word again. He helps us. He's the helper. But this word is different. This in the, in the Greek is actually a 17-letter word. Um, I've I tried to pronounce it. I wouldn't have tried to do it here, but, I, 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 you know, it, it's almost impossible to, you know, to, to work your way through because it's not just a compound word. It's a double compound word put together. But we, we simply translate it in the English, he helps us. It's only used one other place in the New Testament, and that is, when uh, Jesus is went with uh, uh, Mary and Martha, and Martha says, make her help me. Remember that? That same word is used here. So let's talk about what kind of help uh, God gives to us. Sometimes the help he gives us is going to be according to to what we think we need. To what is going to be according to what we pray. The apostle said, and he struggled to know what to pray. This. Now, um, Adam did it with this. To me, for Paul, I want to heal me. Lord? And the answer was no. And then he prayed it again. And then he prayed it again. Paul persevered. He was so convinced. And that wasn't wrong for him to do, to ask God three times. But God answered it in the opposite way. Basically, he said this. You keep your thorn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you inflicted with that thorn. But you are going to know about God's grace in a way that you have never known before. And because you have that thorn, it will be in your weakness that I, God, get the glory. So God answered him in the opposite way, and he did show him. As much as he only give you what you would have asked for. And he, he acknowledges that. Sometimes it's in the middle of suffering when 
we don't even know where to begin of how to approach God. And sometimes we approach him with the wrong words. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit deals with both of those problems on our behalf. Look at the solutions that he gives here. He says at the end of of 26, the second part, basically that the Holy Spirit prays for us. He intercedes. 26, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Groanings which human words cannot even express. Now here again is a place that commentators just, they're all over the place on this. Who was groaning? What's a groan? You know, what's that mean? Is this some kind of prayer language and those things? Let's simplify it. Let me give you my take on it. These groanings. If you find yourself groaning because you're suffering, like we talked about last week, when that happens, when, you, when you're groaning because of your suffering, you're feeling alone. And Paul says, never, never are you alone in your groaning. Because the Holy Spirit is groaning with you. He groans for us, and He groans with us. Here's the picture. We are, we're in suffering or a trial or even just asking God for something, or, or, or sometimes we're just silent and we're stuck. It may be because we're so discouraged, maybe because we're so sad or confused that we simply don't know where to begin to address God. We can't get anything out. can't even start your prayer. Perhaps you don't know what to ask. And so you may say nothing. Here's what happens. He intercedes for you. intercedes for you. He pleads our case. Now, this may confuse you a little bit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit here. If you know much about what Jesus is doing now at the, at the right hand of the Father, one of the things that we know that He is doing is He is interceding for us. But this says the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. He's pleading our case. That's the idea. He's our, uh, an, an advocate. So we have a picture of the Son and the Holy Spirit both pleading our case. Two intercessors? Yes. Two intercessors. And these advocates are never going to be in conflict with one another. 
because they know the will of the Father. And they know what we need the most. And so, as, as one commentator, Benjamin Palmer, put it, one intercedes for us, the other intercedes within us. Jesus for us, the Holy Spirit within us. And that's the good news. The Holy Spirit's pleading our case. And that addresses the second problem. We don't know God's will. And so sometimes, because we don't know God's will, you know, it's secret will. We know most of His will. It's in His Word. But there are times in our prayers, well, we don't know. Do I go this way or that way? What, what, Lord? And so we don't know His will. So sometimes we, we get stuck again. We simply don't say anything. Paul says the Holy Spirit prays for us according to the will of God. Verse 27. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit doesn't have to wonder what the will of the Father is because the Holy Spirit is exactly equal with Jesus and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are exactly equal with the Father. And so they perfectly know the will of the Father because it's their will as well. And so when, when the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we don't have to worry that it's, it's not God's will. It will always be perfectly in line with the Father's will because, because the Holy Spirit is one with Him. Here's how Palmer, that same man, says it works. Between us praying here on earth and Jesus interceding in the heavens, he says, it is secured through the intervention of the divine Spirit. He takes the desires which are in the heart of Jesus Christ and works them into our hearts so that they become our desires. You get it? He says basically, Jesus is pleading in the higher courts above and the Holy Spirit is pleading in the lower courts of our hearts. What an amazing picture. And so here's what we have to know. If you don't remember anything else, there is no way, if you are a believer, there is no way that our prayer won't work. With one exception. And that is if you quit praying. That's the only way. If we continue to pray, even if we sit silently before the Father and don't know where to begin, but we have a heart desiring to pray, it will work. And the more we grow in our heart toward Him, the more it will be in line with His will. I saw a great parallel in one commentary uh, this week. We, we, Amy was up here playing the violin earlier, and I... I thought, how fitting. It was comparing learning to pray to learning to play the violin. 
I'm quite sure she didn't learn this way. But picture this. You take a student who's not very good at the violin, and they get the violin and the bow, and they get everything they need, and, and, and so on, and, but they're just not very good. And so this student, <clears throat> he finds the schedule of when he can uh, listen on the radio to classical uh, uh, pieces. And so he gets that schedule, and then what he does is he goes to the music store and he gets music for the violin part on those pieces. And so every single day, he turns on his radio and he has his music in front of him like this and he tries to play along. Now, at first, it's pretty bad. He plays, he makes mistakes, he stops, he hesitates. But you know what happens? The music keeps playing and it's playing beautifully and perfectly even though his actions and his playing isn't isn't there yet. But here's what happens over time. Day by day and week by week, if he keeps on playing, he will get better. And it will be more in line with that beautiful music. And though it may never be perfectly there, it will get closer and closer. And and that's a picture of us seeking to pray and pray according to God's will. That's what's going on with your prayer. Keep praying. If you do You cannot fail, and your heart will more and more, according to the Scripture, be in tune with the heart of God. Now, there's one more thing. We've called the Holy Spirit the interceder and the helper. Don't forget, what Jesus called him could also be translated the comforter. But he's not a comforter that just sits there and holds your hand and says, there, there. It'll be okay. It's a comforter who is actively pleading your case in your heart to Jesus and then the Father. And that's where the real comfort is. Let's bow together. Lord, will you enable us to to see our need to continue to approach you even when, when we have no words, even when we don't know your will, but to seek you. And then to take comfort in the fact that our prayer will never fail because your precious Holy Spirit is interceding in our hearts and the Lord Jesus is interceding at your right hand. Our prayer can't fail. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
outer courts of our hearts. What an amazing picture. And so here's what we have to know. If you don't remember anything else, there is no way, if you are a believer, there is no way that our prayer won't work with one exception. And that is if you quit praying. That's the only way. If we continue to pray, even if we sit silently before the Father and don't know where to begin, but we have a heart desiring to pray, it will work. And the more we grow in our heart toward Him, the more it will be in line with His will. I saw a great parallel in one commentary uh, this week. We, we, Amy was up here playing the violin earlier, and I, I thought, how fitting. It was comparing learning to pray to learning to play the violin. I'm quite sure she didn't learn this way. But picture this. You take a student who's not very good at the violin, and they get the violin and the bow, and they get everything they need and, and, and so on, and, but they're just not very good. And so this student, <clears throat> he finds the schedule of when he can uh, listen on the radio to classical uh, uh, pieces. And so he gets that schedule, and then... What he does is he goes to the music store and he gets music for the violin part on those pieces. And so every single day, he turns on his radio and he has his music in front of him like this and he tries to play along. Now, at first, it's pretty bad. He plays, he makes mistakes, he stops, he hesitates. But you know what happens? The music keeps playing and it's playing beautifully and perfectly even though his actions and his playing isn't, isn't there yet. But here's what happens over time. Day by day and week by week, if he keeps on playing, he will get better. And it will be more in line with that beautiful music. And though it may never be perfectly there, it will get closer and closer. And, and that's a picture of us seeking to pray and pray according to God's will. That's what's going on with your prayer. Keep praying. If you do you cannot fail, and your heart will more and more, according to this scripture, be in tune with the heart of God. Now, there's one more thing. We've called the Holy Spirit the interceder and the helper. Don't forget, what Jesus called him could also be translated the comforter. But he's not a comforter that just sits there and holds 
your hand and says, there, there, it'll be okay. It's a comforter who is actively pleading your case in your heart to Jesus and then the Father. And that's where the real comfort is. Let's bow together. Lord, will you enable us to to see our need to continue to approach you even when, when we have no words, even when we don't know your will, but to seek you. And then to take comfort in the fact that our prayer will never fail because your precious Holy Spirit is interceding in our hearts and the Lord Jesus is interceding at your right hand. Our prayer can't fail. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.